This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks. I have the pleasure of having Joe Cerulli, an industry veteran, a mentor to many, and an expert to all. Joe, welcome to the show. It's yeah. an honor. Thank you very much, Pete. It's good to be with you. Excellent. So we uh, we were just starting off on a little riff here about talking about you know how a number of people that I know um, say that you were kind of their their mentor and that they were kind of doing an apprenticeship and learning the industry from you. And you know they've come on, they've gone on to build you know, nice regional businesses and they've been in different markets and um, and in the technology side and the sales side. And, and, and each one of you, each one of them basically says, hey, like Joe kind of anchored me and like started me in this field. So congrats on that. But maybe talk about, you know, how that happened because it doesn't happen by accident. Well, I, I think what uh, what occurs is I always knew where I wanted my business to go. I always knew what I wanted my company to be, even was a real little tiny company. And I've learned over the years that if you have the right culture and you do the right things and you're honest and you keep your word and you do all the right things always, that you start attracting people who believe in those same things. And I think I was very fortunate that I, our company started attracting those people. How did you, well, you, where did that come from? Was that based on your, your, your upbringing, was it based on, you know, team sports back in the days, you know, being an athlete? Well, it was probably a combination of two things. First of all, my parents. I mean, I had great parents growing up. I had parents who worked hard their whole lives. I mean, they, there were seven kids in my family. There wow. was, at one point, there were, there were six of us under nine years old. My, my mother was a nurse and my father was a naval officer and he was away almost all the time. Unbelievable. And when I think about how my mother did that, but she did it. Yeah, and, like a um, superhero type yeah, of status, yeah. right? I mean, and and then the thing I always yeah. learned from my father was hard work. He always worked hard. He never complained about working hard. Yeah. So I had him as a great mentor. I had great grandparents who always worked hard, and they were immigrants. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the beginning. That was the foundation for yeah. it. I learned a lot through sports, through high school, having a team and and having a small Catholic high school. That there'd be uh, there were times there were eleven of us on the football team. So he yeah, never, so he never played. Yeah. No, nobody was left out. Yeah, no, no. And you played against. You right? played against school that had players that went from one goal line to the next goal line. Right, right, right. But right. Um, <laughs> I learned through that. But I was also uh, very fortunate. I worked for six different companies that went six different health clubs that went bankrupt. And it was during those times I lived in closed down buildings. I lived in health clubs I worked in. I lived in my car. And I've um, done a couple of those things. Well, not not yeah. as many as you probably. Well, <laughs> the thing is, I mean, I was completely broke and everything else. So those yeah. were those were things that you that I think were very good things for me, not bad things for me. Because I didn't I, complain. I, I just lived with it. I just, agree. Like once, uh, you know, I started out, you know, definitely like on the privileged side yeah, of the tracks. Yeah. And, you know, you're the, you're the, uh, you know, you're a star athlete or you're one of the best athletes, you're popular. And then, you know, like you have to, you got to kind of hit some psychological and physical and financial rock bottom in order to have yeah. like real humility in this world and be able to know that you're no better than anyone else. And you only have opportunities because of who you are and what you make. Well, you also learn how to deal with it. In other words, not being angry about it, yeah. but just understanding there's a reason why you're going through it mm-hmm. and that your passion for what you do will will kind of stop you from ever quitting it because i was very fortunate there was nothing else i wanted to do right. i love this business what sports and, did you play back in the day oh back it was back in high school yeah. i i mean i played football i was on the track team 
Um, but I was also a competitive weightlifter. You okay. know, we had a team. So those were the main things, you know, that I did. And the working out part never was always part of my life. So the great thing was learning, learning not about working out. I knew how to work out. It wasn't learning how to help people get in shape. I knew how to do that. But what I was very fortunate is I realized I loved learning about business. Yeah. So, so you worked for six different health clubs that didn't make it. So obviously I, I use this term a lot with people. I say experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. So yeah. if you're knowledgeable yeah. and understand, like, why did something fail? You know, was it the time to market? Was it the business model? Was it the culture? Is it the people? When did, after those six experiences, when did you get to the point where you, it was your own? And how did that happen? Well, first of all, I learned from watching the people I worked for. And a lot of them were terrible. But the good thing is, I was smart enough to say, let me learn what the bad things are. But even if they're terrible at what they do, there's got to be something that they're actually good at. Right. So I would search, you know, for those things. By time I worked for the sixth one, by time they went bankrupt, um, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, I borrowed 1700 bucks and I started a health club. There you I hired, go. I there hi- it is. I got it out yeah, of here. I hired everybody. baby. I hired everybody. I mean, the, the good thing for me where I was like, because I hired everybody to build it. And I had no money to pay any of them, but I advertised like crazy uh-huh. knowing I didn't have to pay the bill for 30 days. The one advantage I had being from upstate New York and being Italian was I used to hear the rumor, he's in the mafia. I When I heard that, I used to think, thank God they believe that. At least they're going to think I have the money to pay them. Right, right, and, right. But yeah, somehow, yeah. everyone. Somehow, somehow every week I had enough money to keep the guys going for the next yeah. week and the next week yeah. and the next week. And now this was back in the day when you could sell memberships and not you didn't have to be bonded. So you basically could sell memberships to use it for the construction of the club, just to give people historical Bonding reference. started, well, the bonding started two and a half years after I was in business. Correct. Uh, that's yep. when they there came in. Bam. And you only had to be bonded for a total of three years. You only had to be in business three years. So I, I when they called me, when the state said, you need to be bonded, I said, well, if I don't pay the money to get bonded, are you going to put me out of business? And um, I said, how about if I do this? How about if I just take a CD, have it held down for six months by the bank? Oh, okay. And they, they agreed to that. All right. Excellent. So, um, so you start, so you start your own club. It was seventeen hundred dollars, and uh, you're you're an entrepreneur. You've seen six businesses fail, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna figure out how yeah. to do it. Um, you know, t- talk about what that product was, and is that still part of the portfolio today, or is it? You know, where well, I mean, the to? first the first health club was uh, twenty five hundred square feet. All right, so I you mean, started as like a pop up to what you're doing now. Yeah, we put in a little shopping center and took the equipment from the sixth club that went bankrupt and and started uh-huh. it. But every time I had the opportunity to get it, make it larger. Every time I had the opportunity to get more equipment. I did it, and so we never stopped growing. Uh, we saw so that 15 or 2,500 square foot club is uh, 80,000 square feet now in wow. a different location. I had to buy land and build a sure. building. And then we added two more clubs and two rehab centers, you know, to the whole process. And and you're being, how long have you been living in Gainesville? Have you been there since the, the, the beginning of the, the job? Well, well, I started, I, I went to visit somebody in Gainesville in October of 1973. Okay. That was for 30 days. And, um, and 30 uh, days eventually became the rest of my life. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. So, you know, as, as the industry has evolved and you see competitors come and go and you basically have seen everything at this point, and when you see something new, you know, I'm sure you have a, a, a belief of like, okay, this is like something else I've seen before or you know, it's well capitalized and it, it could be a good competitor and maybe something I should, you know, learn more about. 
But how, how have you kind of managed through being like, look, I'm a, this is a, we're in the, a great spot in our community and we're just going to maintain that spot. I'm going to know what's going on, but I'm not going to let it, you know, change what I believe in. Well, I always evaluate our community. I, I don't get so concerned about the competition because I know we have to stay focused on what we're, what we're, we're really good at. Right. And um, so that's what we've always done. But as I said before, I've never stopped growing as a company. We've never stopped finding ways of making a, a better place for employees to be at. Uh-huh. Um, and I have a great relationship with the members. So the focus was Gainesville. And, and over time, you know, I had the opportunity to do a lot of research on uh, working with people who had back pain mm-hmm. with major universities around the country. And eventually yeah. I realized it was a problem we could help solve. And we started a major rehabilitation, orthopedic rehabilitation center in our clubs. So there have been other things, also looking at the marketplace and looking at the growth of boutiques. You know, starting back in 2012, we began a major renovation of my biggest center. And we developed boutiques right inside of the center. And over time, took the concept concept of a boutique that isn't out there at all. And um, we opened a center in uh, Clearwater, Florida, about three years ago. And now we're just opening up a second one in Tampa, Florida. Under the same name, no? It's called X-Force Body by GHF, by Gainesville Health oh, okay, and Fitness. Gotcha. Gotcha. So um, we're Should, developing those now. Gone. It's called it. X-Force Body. X-Force. Body by GHF. Okay. So it's a whole new concept, but it's all built on strength training to help you lose body fat. Got it, got it. Great. So, you know, as you've um, you know, done, done extremely well and built a, a business, got a great culture and and. and you know, competitive advantages as I've known for years. Um, you know, what, what said to you, what, you, what happened in your life where you said, okay, let me go and, you know, take over URSA and become the president of URSA and represent the industry. And, um, you know, what did you learn from that as you were able to now maybe even get even a broader intelligence and listening to what the market's saying? Well, I never, I never planned to lead URSA. That's just something that kind of evolved. Oh, they got you in a hot yeah, box or well, something? No, hot no, boxed you. no, I was on the board of directors <laughs> and they uh, voted me in. And uh, it was a great experience uh, because you got to deal with some of the top people in the industry. I had the opportunity to deal with a guy named John McCarthy, course, who yeah. started URSA. And um, it was just an exceptional year. I, I always worked, and this is where I've always been fortunate. I've always worked with exceptional teams, whether it be at URSA or whether it be inside of my own company. Okay. And um, I think that's been the, if there's, quote, a secret to somebody's success, it's making sure you have all the right people with you, and I always have. That's great. So how much uh, over the, the, the years have you started to you know, embrace technology, look at the data, you know, maybe some of your management, uh, you know, meetings are, you know, much more data driven and, and maybe less or, you know, have changed from like, what, like, what do the surveys say to now? Like, what do the analytics say? Like, you're a guy who likes to listen to like, what's going on at the front lines, like I do. Yeah. And I want to hear it directly. I don't want to necessarily see it on a spreadsheet. So how do you personally kind of toggle between this is how I like to consume information. If you're like me, and right. like I'll I'll look at your reports as well, and you know let's kind of have a discussion about what you think it means, what I think it means. Yeah, the the way that they've been able to allow us to analyze data has been real helpful. But 
but I, I'm inside the clubs. I'm talking to the people exactly, all the time. That's what I'm saying. So I got the greatest opportunity there. Plus, I read a lot. Plus, I listen to speakers a lot. So I have an opportunity to get a lot of ideas from them. I mean, we've done we we've done all the traditional self, you know, stuff with like you know Infusionsoft and and uh, making sure we can get all the right information to the people and being able to be able to design responses and a you know, using technology, uh-huh. you know, obviously in our marketing department, we use technology. Um, so we'll do those things, but probably the, the most useful data to us and to me is, um, you know, we have a, a, a company that analyzes that, that does the analysis of our members and where we can get responses from our members, where we can be getting reports from our members so that we have a really good understanding of how they see the company. And when we see their issues, we're able to address their issues immediately. So that's the kind of data that's most important to me. We use a company called Medallia. Yeah, sure. And, Blair, um, Blair. and you may be familiar yeah, with Blair it. McKinney, yeah, Blair McKinney, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's yeah, a great everybody. guy. Yep. And um, he, it just gives us the opportunity to real, see real-time stuff gives us time, uh, the opportunity to respond to those people immediately. And uh, to me, that's, that's probably awesome. the greatest data we can get. That's great. Uh, let me ask you a, um, you know, a personal question, sure. if we can go there. You're a guy that has got the ability to raise capital, could have gone into multiple states, could have you know, gone on a growth equity curve and you know, put debt, a lot of debt on the business and you know, looked at what you're doing and say, okay, I got a prototype. I could stamp out 50 of these and let me figure out who to call, call Integrity Square, Pete Moore, or call somebody else and go and find a capital. I feel like you have basically said, look, I'm creating unbelievable experiences. This is not just about capitalism. This is about, you know, communitization and, you know, helping people and making them feel happy. How did you kind of get comfortable or say like, look, this is like what I'm doing. And like, what do I need to go, you know, to Atlanta for? Like, I'm doing everything I want to do, and I'm getting everything I want out of life. I never, I never varied from it from the beginning. I said right from the start, I want us to become the greatest we can become in one town, and through influence, be able to affect the world. And that's how we've always done it, and uh, and we still continue to do it. So our goal was to be the absolute best in our in our community, to be able to help our community the best way possible. I mean, it's like when we set major goals like to make Gainesville the healthiest community in America and worked on it for three and a half years and made Gainesville the the healthiest community in America. The way we can connect with the people in that town. I know a long time ago, there was a major company that wanted to buy me and they wanted me to become part of it. And I can remember one of their vice presidents. I said, well, tell me about your future. And they started doing things, say, well, we plan on having a box here and a box here and a box Box. here. And I'm sitting there thinking, I don't work in a box. I work with human beings. And I've never lost lost sight of that. It's intense. I mean, um, people talk about the prototype. People talk about, oh, your your operating margins are low. I'm like, do you know that um, we employ about 70 people? What, what what part of the operating margin? You mean after I helped all those people and after like I'm helping thousands of people and my my margin's five percent lower based yeah. on what you think it is or I think it's fine. Yeah. How do you so how do you react to things well, where people say like 
hey, what's your profitability? What's your KPIs? I'm like, let's talk about what I've done, yeah. how many people I've helped, and then we can talk about yeah. the you know, financial you know, component to yeah. it. You know, the, fu- the funny thing is I never worried about the money, ever, ever, right from the beginning. I read a quote once when I was 21. It said, if you help enough people get what they want out of life, you'll get everything you want out of Bam, life. I love it. And when I read that, I go, that's what the essence of business is. You find every way you can to help other people. Don't worry about yourself. And see, one thing that I, was, I, I am good at is I listen to people who I really respect and admire. And I don't have to go try and prove you wrong when you give some great advice. And when I, when I listen to the the Earl Nightingales and the Dennis Waitleys. When I listened to all of them, I followed them. Mm-hmm. I did what they had talked about doing. And so I said, don't worry about the money. The money will take care of itself. The money has totally taken care of itself. I mean, I went from three employees. I have 500 employees. Amazing. You know, we went from 500 members to 28,000 members. You know, we have all the different programming. We have all the different elements to help people. I started the rehab center because I knew we had something that could really help people. And I did, once again, I didn't worry about the money because I know you figure out how to make the money part. But the goal is to help as many people as possible. That's how the whole company has been built. And it's amazing. In the beginning and still is. So um, uh, just just on a, on a last note, you know, maintaining a culture, um, you know, in one location, you know, that, that, that's the, you know, manageable. Um, you know, and then we go to two and it's like, all right, that location might be good and we can affect influence. But like basically like cutting this company up like a, you know, like a cell, you know, uh, you know, cell replication. Right. And like how much of that do you feel now that you've over the life of your company that the foundation and the values are so well ingrained that, yeah, you like to go into a lot of meetings, but you don't have to, you know, you don't have to like be in front of people that are getting hired because they know, or yeah. like, you know, it's, it's embedded. How did, I want people to understand you can't create that overnight Yes, and you got, it's got to, and then when it starts, it can't, you can't deviate from it because it's, if it's, if it's broken and it's never fixable. Well, I'll tell you what was kind of interesting. About a month and a half ago, we had to fire someone who had been with us for 16 years because of a comment made by this person to another employee. The last time we fired someone for that exact same reason was 38 years ago. Wow. For the exact same thing. Mm. And so the culture has always been maintained. And the way you maintain a culture is when you have it, you never deviate from it. Mm -hmm. If you see any deviation, you fix it immediately. And my staff knows that. Because I told them, I said, look, if we don't work to make everything perfect, we accept everything way, way below. And you start the the downfall from there. And And they all know that. And so I haven't had to hire somebody in 20-some years, maybe longer, hmm. um, because that was an accountant who's still, who's still with us. <laughs> but, um, no, we have all the right people who find all the right people, and I meet with them all the time. Yeah. You know, it's not like I don't see them. I mean, every Monday morning we meet for three hours with all the top leadership of the company. Building the culture inside of Gainesville was easy. When we were going to build another club, we hired all the people that we were going to hire to bring into the new club. We hired them all, had them work in the existing club. And then when we made the move, we took 75% of those people and 25% of the people that had been with us and moved them to the new club. So the culture was the same immediately. Yeah, but these are the little things that 
if you take in private equity capital mm -hmm. and you're an entrepreneur in the space and you start using terms, which I am guilty of at times also because I'm trying to sell someone on like what the business model is right, and you got to right. stamp things out. Right. Uh, sorry for saying that. Yeah. We got to put up boxes. Yeah, we got to have prototypes. We got to have unit economics. We have to have all that. Sure. But what people don't realize is what you just talked about. You say, look, that works in the financial model, and you can use whatever lingo you need to use in order to, to accomplish your personal, professional, or financial goals. However, think about, like, the human side of this. Like, what is going to really be successful? Spend the extra 50 grand. Go and hire those people and have them work in a club. Double staff the club for two months, right? Which sounds yeah. like, from a financial standpoint, someone would be like, you know what, Joe, Pete, like... Show them a video, yeah. okay? Like, yeah. do a three-day retreat. Right, like, right, cut the right, shit, right? right they, that's right. what they would say right. to me. Yeah, of course. I understand. Right? But what you're saying is, like, look, if you want to build something that lasts, go back, take two steps back, get everyone on the same page, and then march it forward. And then step it back and march it forward. So, yeah, that's what it's always, the it's always, that's what it's always been about. Yeah. Since it wasn't worrying about going to another town. It was just being the best we could be in our town, and, and it never stops. You know, we just went through six years of major renovation. I mean, every inch of the club expanded uh -huh. and rebuilt as we built new uh, boutiques inside of the center. And uh, we finished that. I said, okay, now that we have that done, our major goal would be go to every component of our business operationally, and we have to make it better than what it is. That's so correct. that's what everybody is focusing on right now. And then we'll find the next thing when the next thing is the right time. Yeah. When you got a culture of, of, uh, of trust, loyalty, getting people results, and if something comes out that is an alternative way of getting people results, you're the authority yeah. on it and just you know, figure out what it is. Like, yep. A lot of these boutiques... We're not going to survive, you know, but it's a nice R&D lab yeah. <laughs> to yeah, see sure. what people you know, sure. will resonate. Sure. Um, we hope more of them do succeed and they have their own business and we just get, you know, two or three times the amount of people to right. come to us instead of going to a, to a movie or going for like, a, you know, a Taco Bell a Mexi Melt or something that's not really doing them any good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, look, uh, it's great to uh, meet you in person. You I've be. heard a lot about you over the years and. It's kind of like uh, you've created quite a lineage of, uh, of influence and, and culture and doing the right thing. And like you said, do all the right things and things will come back to yeah. you and just worry about yes. other people. You know, karma is, is what this world is based on. And you've maintained and, and uh, you know, developed a reputation, you know, uh, you know, bar none. So congrats on that. Thank you for everything you've done. And we're going to continue to uh, move the halo sector in an ethical way, the Cerulli fashion. <laughs> Well, I've been very fortunate. They have a lot of great people in my life. So thank you very much. Pete. Thanks, man. Thank Good. you. Great to see you. Thank you, Pete.